Well, I was working this week, and with all the things that we had, we had Holy Week services every night, and uh, some things going on, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I really like to have a sermon very early in the week, and I was just praying this week. I was like, Lord, I really need a sermon this week. You know, it's Resurrection Sunday, in case you forgot, and uh, just just really needing a sermon. And I was talking to Jason one night, and it was pretty late in the week, and I said, you know, I really, I really haven't got my sermon yet. And he goes, well, you need to have a good one. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I do. And, and Rob got me this morning. He goes, it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's for the church. That's what it is. It's like Super Bowl Sunday. He said, you better have something good for us. And I was like, you know. And uh, so I was just, you know, I was, I've been at, in my study, you know, thinking and praying. I was like, Lord, I, you really need, you need to give me something really, really good. And uh, he said, is the story not good enough by itself? Is the story just not, is, is, there, is there anything else I need to add there, Brian, that, that I've forgotten? Because I think it's a pretty good story all by itself. And uh, I was like, you're absolutely right, Lord, it is. And so this morning we're going to tell the story again of resurrection. And I want to ask yourself this morning... Does resurrection mean anything in my life? Does resurrection really mean anything in my life? Does it, does, it, does it have anything to do with the way I live, the way I act, the way I treat the people around me? Does resurrection mean anything in my life? I want us to stand this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 20. And this is after... Jesus has come back. Thomas says, I ain't going to believe anything until I touch him, until I put my hands, my fingers in the nail in his hands and his side. He said, I need to see him. I need to see him to believe. And this is where we're going to be this morning. Let's read this before we go to the scripture. Let's read it together aloud. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to be on the 24th verse, John chapter 20. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miracles, signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray. Father, today these things have been written so that we would believe, so that we could know who you are, so that we could know the power of the resurrected Jesus in our life. And Father, today I pray in the next few moments that you would just come and speak through your word and that we would know Jesus today. And I pray that resurrection would mean something in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I've asked you the question, but I want to ask you again, does resurrection affect you at all? Does it have any effect on your life, the way that you live, the way that you act, the things that you worry about, the the way that you work? Does the fact that Jesus is alive have any effect on your daily life at all? What we're going to see this morning is it's possible for people to know about resurrection and yet it doesn't affect them at all. It has little or no effect on their life at all. Millions of people today are living and alive and the fact that Jesus is resurrected is not affecting their life at all. It's not affecting the way they act. It's not affecting the way they do things. It's not affecting the way they think. The fact that Jesus is alive is not affecting them at all. It has no effect on their life or little effect at all. The fact that we are celebrating an empty grave does not affect them. The empty grave, to tell you the truth, the empty grave had very little effect on the disciples. When the disciples saw the empty grave, they didn't understand. They didn't, it didn't dawn on them what was going on. And, and if you think about it, in an empty tomb, an empty grave really doesn't have that much effect on anyone. I mean, let's face it, it's pretty easy to come up with an empty grave. If you've got enough money or enough guts and you're not scared to dig a little bit, you can make an empty grave. It's possible to have an empty grave. I have been to Jerusalem and seen the place where they say Jesus was laid, and I'm not sure it's the place, but it would have been a place like it. And if you could have paid off a few guards and got a few strong men, you could have rolled a stone away and got Jesus out of there. So an empty grave is not what made the disciples believe. When they saw the empty grave, most of the disciples were like, I don't know what happened. And if you go to chapter 20, the first nine verses, Mary Magdalene saw the empty grave, but at first she didn't believe. When she saw the empty grave, she thought somebody had taken him. It wasn't the empty grave that caused her to believe. But when a live Jesus came to her, she believed. She sh- when Jesus showed up, she believed. The disciples saw the empty tomb. But it didn't affect how they feel. It didn't change the way they feel. They still had fear. They were still afraid. Three days earlier, men had come and taken Jesus and taken him in the middle of the night. They had come. They had a phony trial. They killed him. If they could figure out a way to kill the Son of God, they could certainly figure out a way to kill the disciples. And so the fact that there was an empty tomb did not take the fear away that was in their lives. They were in a hunker down in a room that was locked because they were afraid that at any time the people that had taken Jesus were going to come and get them. And so the fact that there was an empty grave did not affect the fear in their life. They were still afraid. They were hiding in fear. And the empty tomb didn't take that away. Thomas didn't believe what the others had said. 
But it's when Jesus appeared in a locked room. It's when Jesus shows up that Thomas starts to believe. I love it that Jesus comes and shows us what we need. He always comes and shows us exactly what we need. He wasn't there when Thomas said, I'm I'm not going to believe unless I see his hand, see and touch him. But he knows. He knows. And as soon as he walks in, I think he walks straight up to Thomas and goes, there you go, right there. I mean, what a great party trick. Watch this. Stick my hand up. I mean, Jesus could have been a puppet. No, that's not how it worked. But he was like, look, touch my, put my, touch this. Jesus always says, test me and see. Try me and see. He's still saying that to this day. Try me and see if what my word says is not true. Try me in my life and see if I don't do the things that I say I will do. And he's always that way. And he is never afraid to give you a warranty. He says, if you do what I say, these things will happen in your life. I promise you, try me and find out. And that's what he says to Thomas, and he says that to him. And it is not the empty grave that makes Thomas believe, but it is a live Jesus that brings Thomas to believe. And Jesus is happy to show himself to Thomas. He tells Thomas to check him out, and he does. It's not the story of the empty tomb that causes Thomas to believe. It is a live Jesus But then we see the disciples, and as long as Jesus is around, they they have faith. But as soon as he leaves, they get in trouble. They don't know what to do. And 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 when he wasn't around, they they didn't know. what They was like, what are we supposed to do with our lives? And, And they were thinking, we've got to make a living somehow, and Jesus isn't around. And so we can't do what we were doing there, and so we don't know what to do. So we'll just go back to the to the way that it used to be. And sometimes that's what happens in people's lives. They follow Jesus for a while and and then they don't follow him anymore and he's not around. They don't know what to do. So they just go back to the way things used to be. I mean, how many times have you seen people that have have God has brought them out and and brought wonderful things into their life and they've been doing really good and and then they just kind of pull away from him a little bit and then they just go back to the way things used to be. And Jesus knows that, and it's when we pull away from God, and it's when we're not close to God, and when we're not around Jesus that those things happen. But when those disciples were around Jesus, they believed. It's the live Jesus that changes things. The empty tomb doesn't change anything. It's the live Jesus that that changes things. So this morning, I want to ask you, does resurrection have any effect on you at all? Does resurrection change the way you live? Does resurrection change the way you think? The fact that Jesus came out of the grave does not give a lot of people comfort. Does it give you comfort this morning? They read this story and they and they hear sermons and and yet they say, I'm afraid of life. I'm afraid of, of, of the things that go on in life. I have fear of death. I'm afraid of dying. I have fear in my life. They dread things. When folks are around them die, they have a hard time dealing with that. They don't know how to deal with life and death. And and, and this, this being able to have peace at all is hard for them. And if you say, well, the tomb is empty, they say, that does not help me. You see, the empty tomb does not bring peace in someone's life. A lot of people just have fear of life. 
They're fear, they're, they're like the disciples where they're afraid of when we turn the news on and they hear of war and, and things going on in the Middle East, they start getting afraid. When you, when they hear financial news, they start getting afraid. We're, we're afraid of war. We're afraid of poverty. If you hear of illness or anything like that, we're afraid of getting sick and we live in this constant fear. The disciples were in fear at all the time, uh, at all times. And the empty grave did not take away fear in their life. And we try to make things secure and we, and we try to get good jobs and we try to stay, set back money and we try to protect our families and, and we worry and fret about our kids and all these things that could go wrong. And the truth is, lots of times we never enjoy life because of the fear and an empty grave. Now, hey, stay with me this morning. An empty grave does not take away fear. An empty grave didn't take away fear from the disciples and it doesn't take away fear from us now. But we can, people live in this fear, fear of job loss, fear of losing families, afraid of storms and fire and accidents. And and, and we have, we live in this culture of fear. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of not being good enough. We're afraid of growing old. And our life can become this fear. And there are people here this morning, if you was honest with me, you'd say, Pastor, I, I live with fear. I worry all the time and it's always with me. And if you were real honest, you'd say, Pastor, and the fact that there's an empty tomb does not give me comfort this morning. An empty tomb does not give me faith. Many of you go to work every day like these guys did. You have a job. And uh, some of you, if I said, what's your job? You'd say, it's a job to get to my job because I don't want to go there. I mean, some of you had jobs that you maybe really enjoy. And then some of you had jobs that you would just as soon call in sick every day, but you've already used all your sick days. But it's just a job and you can't stand it, but you have to go. And you have this job and, and you're like, is God... Is, is the, 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 is there something that is making a difference in my job? And you show up, but it's just to get a check. And these guys, the fact that there was an empty grave did not make things better at their work. If you read the story, they were out fishing because they didn't know what else to do. So they just went back to what they had done before. And so they were, they were just fishing and they were stinking at it. They were not doing any good. They were not accomplishing anything. You see, an empty tomb didn't make them better fishermen. An empty tomb didn't make their check get bigger. An empty tomb didn't make things better go, uh, things better, things go better at the job. An empty tomb wasn't helping them. An empty tomb didn't help Mary believe. But a live Jesus did. An empty tomb didn't help Thomas believe. But a live Jesus did. An empty tomb didn't help the disciples at their work become what they needed to be and make it a place of miracles. But when a live Jesus shows up, things happen. And it became a place where miracles could happen. An empty tomb didn't help the disciples to get over their fear of the future, their fear of death, their fear of life and the unknown. But a live Jesus later made them absolutely fearless in the face of death. You see, an empty grave is great, 
But only alive Jesus changes things. It's only when I allow alive Jesus to come in and live in my heart and live in my life and change my heart and change my life. It's only when alive Jesus comes in that things begin to change. That's when things change in my life. You see, the disciples were not changed by the fact that there was an empty grave. They were changed by the fact that they saw a live Jesus. And later they were transformed when that spirit of that live Jesus came into their hearts. It was a live Jesus that changed them. And he wants to do the same thing in us. When we have a live Jesus, then we just, then, then he helps us with our fear. If you live with fear, you don't need uh, to worry about the grave. You need a live Jesus in your life. A live Jesus is what removes fear of death and hell and the grave and failure. And, and it's a live Jesus that changes us. What would a live Jesus in you happen? Would, what, would, what would happen at your work if you brought Jesus with you? It'd be no longer a, just a place to get money and it would become a place where you would put people in contact with the live Jesus in you. The stories of the Bible are great. The empty tomb is great, but it is a live Jesus that changes people. And he seeks to do that in you. A live Jesus transformed their fishing job into a place where miracles could happen. Don't you think that Jesus, the live Jesus, would like to show up at your workplace? Don't you think there's probably some miracles that God would like to perform in the lives of people where you work? My son tells me about the place that he works at, and it's a wonderful place. It's a great place to work. But there's a lot of things that need to happen there. There's a lot of lives that need to be changed. And I imagine each one of you, if I set you down, I said, is there anybody that needs Jesus in their life where you work? I imagine each one of you could tell a story of someone that you work with. I mean, how many times do we get together and we're like, man, you should have you been where I was at today. You should have seen the people I had, the stuff I had to put up with. Anybody ever have to put up with stuff at work? Nobody? Okay, I'll just stop preaching then. I know better. There's stuff that goes on and you're like, this is a bad place. And I think sometimes it's such a bad place that, that when you get to work, Jesus goes, let's go in there. Let's go. And you're like, no, Jesus, you, you need to stay in the car. It's, it, you have no idea. I just wouldn't want you to see the things. That, you stay in the car. I'll crack the windows. You'll be fine. I'll come back out and check with you at lunchtime. And, and, then, and then we'll go home together and we'll go home and, and we'll have a blessed time together. But you, Jesus, you don't want to go in there. And Jesus is like, yes, I do. I want to go in there. I want to be with you. There are people in there that I want to meet. I did a miracle on that fishing boat that day. I could do a miracle in your work. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the live Jesus in you started getting out and leaking out on your friends where you work? I got a, I got a text this week that was talking about uh, they had been to a concert and seen just the Holy Spirit just rolling out of this person. I was in, and they were talking about, wouldn't that be great if that happened? Yes. Wouldn't that be great? Why does that not happen in our lives? Do you think that Jesus is like, well, I just, I just got a few people that I want to work through and, and, and you guys just go about your daily business and I'll just see you on Sunday every now and then. 
I think Jesus is like every morning when you get up, he's like, all right, let's go. It's go time. He puts out his hand and he's like ready to do the team thing. And you're like, nah, I just, I'm just going to go to work. And he's like, take me with you. Take me with you. I do marvelous things at work. Let me go with you. Some of you this afternoon, you, you love your family, but some of you are probably going to be around your family. I'm just saying that's the way it is sometimes. Some of you are, I mean, I know, some of you, I know your family. I, I got invited one time to a wedding. I mean, I, to Gary's wedding, and he was like, Pastor, I'm making no guarantees about my family. I just, I just there's no telling what they're going to do. And you could be like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to go to this family thing, and you just stay here because you don't want to see. Jesus is like, no. Let's go. I want to go with you. I want to be with you. And he wants to do that. And we don't need to leave Jesus out because it is a live Jesus that changes people. You can tell your family and you can tell your friends at work all about an empty grave. You can tell them that story. They've heard it a hundred million times every year, this time of the year, Resurrection Sunday, even the news and everybody else starts talking about Jesus and they usually try to spin it in a way that he never happened. But everybody's heard the story. Everybody's heard the story about how Jesus died in an empty tomb and all that stuff. And you can tell them this week, you know, I'm celebrating the the empty tomb and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you, The empty tomb does not change anybody. It's the live Jesus that changes people. And how is the live Jesus going to get there? Through you. It's through the disciples and through the followers of Jesus that the live Jesus can get in touch with people and change their lives. When the live Jesus walked in, the disciples were changed. And folks, God still to this day, church seeks to get in the lives of his followers and change people's lives when you get in contact, when he gets in contact with others through you. You say, how does the life Jesus get to someone? Through you! Through you! You say, well, pastor, you need to be helping those folks. I don't know them. I don't go to work with you. I don't go to your family reunion. I'm not around the people you're around. I don't go to school with you. I don't do that stuff. I got a pastor's job. I work one day a week. Come on. I'm not going with you. That's your job. You are the, the, I don't know what the word is, but you're the thing that God travels in. He seeks to get people in contact with the live Jesus in you. And I think too often we're like, I'll just just let somebody else do it. Well, somebody else ain't going to do it. You're the plan. You are it, church. And we can tell all the stories and we can sing all the songs and we can do all the Bible school and we can do all the church service and we can eat all the breakfast and we can do all those things. But it is only when people get in touch with a live Jesus that they change. That's the only way. It's the only way. And that's the way Jesus' disciples were changed. That's the way I was changed. I heard all the stories. 
I loved all the stories. I read my mom and daddy bought me all these stories. I read them. They read them to me. I went to all the Sunday school classes. I went to all the camps. I went to everything. And that's all great. And that's all good. And God uses all that. But I'm going to tell you what. There was one time that I met a live Jesus at an altar and I was changed forever. And it wasn't the story about an empty grave. It was an encounter with a live Jesus that changed me. And it changed everything about me. Changed the way I think. It changes my fear. I don't worry about death. I get around, I get, you know, when you're a pastor, you, you get around people that, I mean, you have to do funerals and things like that. And, and people respond to death differently. And I, I, sometimes I go home and I ask my wife, I say, am I a harsh person? Because I just, I don't fear it. I don't fear it. If something happened to my, I love my wife more than any person on the face of this earth. And I would grieve if she was gone. But I wouldn't have any fear about it. I would, and that's not because of a story about an empty grave. I, I can't go back and say, well, you know, there's an empty grave, so we'll be all right. No, it's because it's a live Jesus. It's a live Jesus that changes us. Church, I want to challenge you this morning. You know, this is a this is Resurrection Sunday, you know? And I want to just challenge the church this morning. I want to challenge the church this morning. Are you letting the live Jesus work through you? Are you carrying the live Jesus to anybody else? Are you just leaving that up to just hoping somebody else gets that job taken care of? You're the plan. You're the, I don't know what that word I need to use, but you're the thing that carries God to someone else. Vessel, that's a good one. There you go. Tony, come finish this up so I can be done. I'm dying up here. The vessel. Jean Gott used to help me out so much. She always, I have no real grasp of the English language, and she would always just holler out the words I needed, and I needed her today. You're the vessel. You're the vessel. Are you doing that? I, I read, I read these, this text this week, and I was sitting there reading that, and I was like, that is awesome. Shannon sent me that text, and I was like, that is awesome. Am I doing that? Am I doing that? Is, is anybody getting to see who Jesus, who the live Jesus is through me? And that's a, we need to, each one of us. If, you're, if you are a born-again Christian today, at some time today, and I know you got things going, but when you get ready to lay your head down on your pillow tonight, or even right now would be a good time. I want you to ask the question, does the live Jesus affect anyone else's life through my life? Would anybody be able to meet the live Jesus through me? Because you're the plan, church. You're the plan. 
And people ought to be able to see it. They ought to be able to watch the way you act. They ought to be able to watch the fear in your life or the absence of fear. They ought to be able to see the peace in your life and go, there is something different about that person. They ought to see you with your wife and with your kids and say, there's something different about that person. When you show up to that awful place to work in that awful situation, you ought to walk in the door every day with your live Jesus. All right, me and live Jesus are coming in this place. Watch out. I mean, you ought to be the very best employee your boss has. And everybody around you ought to be able to go, there's something wrong with that cat. There's something, why, why is he so happy? Because I got a live, I got a live Jesus. Stand back. Live Jesus in me, man. And you know, I was, I was listening to a guy preaching this week and he said, if you do that, at first people will go, you're a weirdo and I don't want to be around you. Just get ready. He said, but you live it and keep living it and keep living it and keep living it. And he said, one day, somebody will corner you off in a place where there ain't nobody around. They'll go, hey, I want to talk to you about something. There's something going on between me and my wife and I don't know what to do. He, that guy ain't got nothing to do with you any other time, any other place. But how does he know there's something different? Because there's live Jesus in you. That's what God wants to do. You understand that? And I'm not saying don't, I mean, invite people to church, sure. But folks, take live Jesus with you wherever you go. This afternoon, some of you are going to be around your family who do not love Jesus. And they should see the way you love your wife, the way you love your kids, the way you talk, the way you talk about your life, the way you, they should be able to, they should go, what's, what happened to them? I was at Gary's wedding. I was at Gary's and, and their wedding and it was, and some of your family came up and go, man, they are just so different. It was awesome. It was awesome. You know how they know they're different? Because you're carrying live Jesus in you. It's awesome. And church, that's what God wants to do in you today. Don't just talk about stories of an old, empty tomb. Get people in contact with live Jesus, because that's what changes things. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for us this morning, and then I want us to say the prayer, Jabez. Then you're going to be dismissed. Carry live Jesus with you today, will you? I want to remind you that we're not having services this evening. Go and enjoy your family and the rest of the day. Let's pray. Father, I pray today that your hand will be upon us. Father, you have challenged my heart and challenged, uh, and challenged me, Father, to be the vessel that carries live Jesus to others because it is only through you that lives are changed. And so, Father, today, I pray that you would speak into our hearts, challenge each one of us. Father, if we're part of the church today, if we're part of the family of God today, you have folks that you seek for us to speak to, and I pray that you would do that in our hearts today. 
We thank you for each one that's here. Pray that you would bring us all back together. And Father, we just thank you for all that you do for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read the prayer of Jabez together. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. You are dismissed. Lord, be be with you.